0: to Bonjour Bitch! My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches! Hi everybody, today we've got the lovely Emily Rickard, AKA sister, um, who is here today. She's not only my sister, she's also my colleague at La Fette, And we are going to be talking about our experience with languages
1: and growing up with different languages. Hello, Emmy. Hello, Charlotte. I love my official intro, by the way, oh. I like sister. That's my little
0: sister. Anyway, uh, this is, guys, this is going to get very, very sassy. I can oh feel God. it. Sassy and
1: messy, probably. Oh,
0: I like, that should be our new motto, sassy and messy. they should be our drag names. Oh,
1: yes. All <laughs> right, let's get, let's um, get, let's get back okay. on topic. It's yes, already going right, off topic. let's do
0: it. Okay, so as you may or may not know at this stage, we grew up in Geneva in a multicultural household. Um, speaking both French and English. Both of those languages were our mother tongues, French with our father, English with our mother. And it was something that
1: was just within us, really. I think it was something that was always very normal. And I think before I moved to London for uni, I just took it for granted that I spoke two languages fluently and fluently without an accent. And it was something so normal at school. I mean, I remember some of my friends at school being an international school. I mean, it was French, but it was very international. I had friends that were Russian that would, after regular school, go to Russian school, or I had Jewish friends that would go to Hebrew school and they would speak all these extra languages. And I think, yeah, I never appreciated how special it was and what a privilege it was until I moved to London, really. And I know it's the same for you because obviously we grew up the same way. And I can't imagine life without several languages in it, really.
0: For me, I think as well, I really clocked it when I went to Spain when I was 14 to try and learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I realized how quickly I was picking up Spanish because I think there's that thing of, once you know two languages from being really little, you can very easily add on languages. And Mm -hmm. I remember being in Spanish class at school, being able to pick it up really fast and other kids being like, how are you doing this so fast? How are you learning so quick?
1: I will say that it depends on the language because obviously at school we had to do German oh, yeah. or Italian for the oh, first couple years of secondary school being one of the national languages of Switzerland. I didn't get to pick between German or Italian. I, know, I, I got, was forced to German. I got to pick. You did Latin too though. I did Latin, yes. Two years I of I skipped Latin. out on the Latin. But I remember I picked German because I thought, oh German, that's really handy. And English, German. It should be similar enough. Uh, Not the case. And I was very happy to swap to Spanish, which was much more similar to French. Yeah. And which was easier to get to grips with than german because to
0: be fair though my two years of latin have served that i can now read scriptures in old buildings more or less understanding what is said and i know how to say master and mistress of the house dominus and domine which has served me a lot in
1: my life i love that you're proving it as a point now to make it clear that you actually know how to say it yes
0: two years of latin two years (laughs) two years anyway for all non-latin speakers let's continue about Alive languages. I know that at one point I was refusing to speak English to mummy. So our mum would speak English to us, and our dad would speak French to us. But obviously, in Geneva, being a French environment, I obviously don't remember this. But my parents have told me about this, and they've obviously told Emily about this as well. And we've seen this in home videos. I would refuse to speak English to my mum because I was just sort of thinking, well, she's the only weirdo that speaks English doesn't speak French. Why would I change? Mm. And I think when you're a kid, you want to follow the group. You don't want to be individual. Um, You want to be like everybody else because you want to belong, but you didn't
1: do that. No, and I think also what it was is that maybe subconsciously you had some kind of desire to belong where you were living, which was French speaking. Yeah. Whereas I have never really cared about fitting in. And when I started reading I mostly started reading in English as well before But also I remember more in when French. you were born I was already at school. Yeah. You were already at school and, and you were so at English school. I was at English
0: school and so I was then by that stage speaking English with mummy constantly. Yeah. So you had at least two weirdos that spoke English near you. Yeah, so
1: hence it was not weird anymore. Um, Well, three makes a pack. But I will say, though, from home videos, what is very interesting to see is that language-wise, as much as, yeah, when you were really learning to speak, you didn't want to speak English, there are so many videos where you are speaking English and you're singing in English and you have a very northern accent at four years old, for example, or five years old, and that is quite interesting as well because obviously we didn't grow up no. in the UK but we still have an accent which isn't some kind of weird continental European mix.
0: Yeah true. I mean the one thing that they were sticklers on our parents was the fact that uh, our mum would if we spoke to her in French she would pretend she couldn't understand mm-hmm. us to force us to speak English to her yeah. and vice versa our dad. At some point though that rule disappeared and it became Be polite and speak the language that other people around us speak, which then I don't know why. For years, we just refused to. And, you know, we'd be with our mum in Geneva in Switzerland and she'd want to speak French to us and we'd just speak English because we're like, no, we speak
1: English to you. Yeah, and Um, it's still something that I see now. Like, I only speak French to our mum when I don't want someone to understand something around us.
0: Yeah, but you have to be careful because more and more people speak languages. (laughs) Especially in London. (laughs) How many times has somebody said something about me in a lift in French or Spanish or Italian? I love that you said said it like my husband. (laughs) Um,
1: And I've understood exactly what they're saying. Oh yeah, same. And sometimes they'll bitch about you and you think and then you have to pick them up on it in the language and their face just drains of color and i'll
0: just say oh that you know that's a lovely dress you're wearing in the language they've just said it in and they literally look absolutely fucking mortified but that's quite a satisfying
1: thing to be able to do though especially fluently and without an accent of someone that learned it later in life that is quite cool to do so
0: obviously we did more or less this we took more or less the same path in terms of schooling. So we both went to the same um, British primary school in Geneva, and then we both went to the same French secondary school in Geneva. Mm -hmm. I stayed until I was 18, passed my final French exams. You, however, moved to London when you were 16 and went to the Lycée Francais here and passed your French exams here. I know that for me, the big change in between changing schools at 11 and going from one system to the other was that I had barely learned to read and write in Mm -hmm. French at that stage. And so going into a French system, age 11, and in France, in French schools, there's um, what we call l'indictive, which is like a dictation. And I remember, you know, writing down what I heard, basically, and since I knew that there were accents in French, I'd just stick accents on random E's because I didn't know where they fit. And I remember my first dictée, the teacher came to me and gave me my note, which was two out of 20, and asked me to take it home to my parents to sign and to sort of start a conversation of what the hell is wrong with this girl? She can speak fluent French, she cannot write for hmm. to save herself and that's when we sort of realized that yes the British system had been amazing and I had such an amazing level in English and in other um, domains as well of school but reading and writing in French is two completely different things
1: yeah. even the language that you use to read and write in French and the grammatical exceptions it's it's like learning a whole new langu- language just to write French, yeah, because the
0: French you speak isn't the French you write. No, whereas in English, fine, you know, written English. If you want to write a really formal letter, it's obviously a bit different, but it still is more similar between what Mm. you read and what read and write and what you say. And I remember for me that was a huge, huge, huge setback, and I had to have private tutors to help me to try and Mm. learn. And it basically whittled down to write for the rest of your life, just write simple phrases and sentences in french because i was trying to make stuff sound really nice and actually it was sounding like nothing at all and that's when Mm. you being five years younger you got the plus point of Mummy and daddy thinking oh let's get emily some private french tuition
1: now i benefited from the disadvantage that you had i guess yeah well that's the same with all (laughs) elder siblings anyway but it was it was helpful in the sense that because of the English primary school, it was very English centric. I think we only had a couple hours of French per week. Yeah. So any French that we learnt was on our own time. It was at home. And honestly, most of the kids that I remember didn't even really speak French no. because their parents worked in places like the UN or and they were just there either for a short time or they just hung around with English people. So they didn't True. even try and learn French. And I did benefit massively from having a tutor for French before going to the secondary school, for sure, but I even remember when I arrived at the secondary school, they had a special module for students that were internationals to kind of do a crash course in French grammar. And for my first year at that school, that was what I did, and it helped massively. I think it also helped that I read a lot in French. Yeah, fair and it's, enough. it's something that I've always tried to keep up, especially now, not practicing. Yeah. As I we, March.
0: We need to speak more French. Yeah. So the um, rest of
1: this podcast will be in French. Yeah, <laughs> Good so, luck.
0: Bonjour, Emily. Bonjour, Charlotte. <laughs> no, we're coming back. <laughs> Bitches, don't worry. We're here. We're... Yeah. So then I, I switched. So I did two years of Latin. Which, yeah waste of time um it's good if you want to go into like pharmacy or biology or i never wait. planned to so it's an option no. it was
1: an yeah. option well
0: no option's gone <laughs> then i did at the same time two years of german which we were
1: obliged to do because we had to do it because we lived in switzerland um so... even though by the way in switzerland people speak swiss german yes which is. is very different very to different. german german um so but... do look it up online especially swiss german tv shows you won't understand anything if you speak That's very mean. German. No, it's true, Swiss German is very different. It's a language on its own. Fine, let's not get political about <laughs> this. Switzerland is neutral.
0: And then I switched it to Spanish because of our Spanish origins and because I was decided to be able to speak with some of my cousins that didn't speak any French. So started learning Spanish, loved it, had some really cool teachers. And then my dad decided to send me at age... You were 14. 14. To um, Val d'Aaron, which is in the Pyrenees in um, Spain, to our great aunt's house for the summer to learn Spanish. I didn't really learn Spanish. I hung out with some of my cousins that spoke French, who were the same age as me. Learned how to speak Spanish to my great aunt's dog, which was about five words of vocabulary. Sit, come here, bring the ball, all that sort of stuff. And started to go out clubbing with my cousin with fake ID. So- Also you came back speaking French- With a Spanish accent. With a Spanish accent that our cousins have
1: in Spain. And that was very weird.
0: I have this thing though, where I pick up accents. When I go abroad, I'll pick up an accent very quickly in that language. So for example, now that I'm fluent in Spanish, when I go to Peru for long periods of time,
1: I will end up speaking with more of a South American accent. But it's also when you speak to internationals and English isn't their first language, I have noticed Uh, and I still do notice that you take an almost neutral accent. So you lose maybe your more Northern intonations. And I slow my speech. British intonations and your speech slows down. And it's not because you're slowing it down so people will understand you. It's, I really don't do this intentionally. I have you no do idea. Unintentionally, and it's something whereby your accent becomes so neutral. It's because I have a kind heart. I want you people to understand. You have such a understand. kind heart, Charlotte.
0: <laughs> Coming back to the actual subject. Yes. Not my lovely heart. So I started to learn Spanish, and then ended up going for a summer to Salamanca, mm-hmm. um, which completely changed my life. I met one of my best friends out there and then went the following summer to Granada, uh, which also changed my life. Uh, I met my first serious boyfriend there when I was 16 and used, used him, no. <laughs> Sounds you bad. You used him to
1: learn Spanish. He, no. was, he was your Spanish teacher, he w- well, we,
0: we dated, it was long distance for four years and I learned Spanish with him, basically. Um, I mean, it's a good way to learn a language best way if you're looking to learn any language first of all choose a sexy language um and then go find a boyfriend or please girlfriend. define a sexy language everybody's got different tastes somebody might find japanese sexy somebody might find italian sexy Maybe yours spanish who, mine was spanish so I, I clearly know. had a,
1: I mean, it still is because you did marry a Spaniard. I did marry a, and a Spaniard. Spaniard
0: so. Espanol. And then I went to uni and was still using my Spanish a lot and actually decided when I was going to do my master's in fashion, I decided, hang on a second, if I'm going to work in fashion, I need to speak Italian. So I decided to um, start studying Italian a little bit and then um, moved to Florence and lived there for a year. But the fact that
1: you had Spanish as another Mediterranean language, do you find that that helped you with the Italian? Or do you find that on the contrary, you would Italianize Spanish words that you had?
0: I did initially when I moved there because I knew that was how people would understand
1: me. And did it work?
0: Yeah, the thing is I have a Spanish accent in Italian. Still now? Yeah, when I go to Italy, people ask me if I'm Spanish. They don't ask me if I'm French, which is fucking stupid because <laughs> Italian is more similar in pronunciation to French than to Spanish. Well,
1: especially in the north, right? In Milan and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It sounds but, a lot more French. Yeah, but it's not very nice, that accent.
0: Um, <laughs> I but, love that we're just dissing so many yeah, know, people. Sorry, now. people. Um, no, but it's that thing of, I think it's because it was that Latin language and for me yeah. it's a foreign Latin language and so those are the intonations and sounds that I learned. Yeah. I mean, I obviously don't do h sounds in Italian. I do have a little bit more class than that. But yeah, it came a lot easier because I had the French and Spanish bass. Uh, It's like, I'm sure if I wanted to learn Portuguese, I mean, I can read Portuguese. I can understand Mm. 80% of what's written in Portuguese. Hearing Portuguese, however, because the intonations and the sounds are so different,
1: I find it harder. I think hearing is always a different kettle of fish. Like... Just hearing someone's accent, I mean, for example, Spanish, as soon as I put Spanish radio on, the people speak so quickly and it's very hard to have your like bits where you understand because they don't really take breaks. Yeah. I suppose it's like us when we speak English, when we speak French, it goes quickly.
0: I think what's interesting is the expectations people have of multilinguals and the accents and you know people getting confused. I think for us one thing we've always played around with has been switching from one language
1: to another. The looks on people fa- on people's faces sometimes that we get with that is quite amusing because it's never a bad look but it's always of like, oh, I wasn't expecting that come out of your mouth. I mean,
0: we always used to switch between French and English anyway. We've always spoken both to each other. We've never had a set language that we've spoken to each other. We'll say since we both live in London, it's more English than French now. Generally, but we do make a conscious effort to practice our French more because we have to. Um, What I do love though is sometimes when I'm in the street speaking to somebody on the phone that I know speaks several languages and I can hear that and I can see that that person is watching me speak on the phone and hearing my conversation I will just randomly switch from French to English to Spanish to Italian. But I think that's the thing is that we also also
1: do it in the same sentence. Oh, yeah. Which confuses people even more. Yeah, it's just fun.
0: And I don't know about you, but does your mood affect your
1: language use? It depends. I'd say when it comes to swearing, I probably swear more in English than in French. (gasps) Really? I swear more in French. Though, I don't know. I just like the variety of words in english oh no i found them very potent in french but i do like certain french swear words yeah and it makes me sound more aggressive so if i want to sound aggressive and sweary french usually
0: do you have this thing so i've noticed it that my voice pitch
1: tone oh yeah changes from language to language and I don't do it on purpose. I've noticed that as well with French. I, in French, I feel that my voice goes a bit deeper. So for
0: example, if I say now, my name is Charlotte Ricard Quesada, I'll say it in the four languages and you'll be able to see. So <laughs> my name is Charlotte Ricard Quesada. Mm-hmm. Je m'appelle Charlotte Ricard Quesada. Yeah, it goes deeper. Mi nombre es Charlotte Ricard Quesada. Mi chiamo Charlotte Ricard Quesada. Yeah, so you go higher in Italian. Like, so it's... <laughs> um it's it, just, it does change it's so weird because i know that sometimes when i've spoken a language to somebody and they've heard me in the other language mm. they're like oh your voice goes very it's, deep. it's the
1: nature of the language almost. i don't think there's anything you can do to just keep the same pitch true
0: what language do you think in dream in counting because that's a question i get asked all the time by people that speak just one language.
1: Mm. What do you dream in? What do you think in? Dreaming, I'm not really sure, to be honest, because... Do you not know? Not really. It's more visual than verbal. Me, it depends on who's in my dream. Oh. Well, that's a, yeah. So if sense. it's Antonio, it's in Spanish. Well, that does make sense. He's not going to start speaking Russian to you. But
0: it's funny because if it's people that I associate several languages with, then it switches Mm. Because obviously you, I associate two languages with. Some of my friends, I associate even three languages with. And so it
1: switches. Um, I think it's interesting, but I will say things like counting. Sometimes I do push myself to count in French more. And also I do like the French numbers. Me, it depends where I am. It does. But for example, when it comes to saying 90 in French, I don't say it the French way, I say it the Swiss way. Because that's what I grew up... Oh I Learning. don't know.
0: I I blend So the ninety the Swiss way is nonante, The French way is 90, which is basically eighty ten. Yeah. Very random. No,
1: Four twenty ten. Oh 90. yes. Quatre So it's pretty complicated. I don't know. It's just I grew up with the Swiss way, that's why I yeah. keep it.
0: True. But I think it is very true that you do associate a language to a person. So oh, for sure. example, Antonio, when he moved here to London, he really, really, really wanted us speak English at home. Mm. And we tried and we failed because I was becoming his English teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was becoming his English teacher in a bad way of correcting him constantly. Which you still do. Not constantly.
1: No, because he doesn't need it, but you do still like pick him up when he says something well, yeah, a bit wrong Well, yeah, because
0: they're just lazy grammatical mistakes. But in the beginning, when he couldn't speak that much English, although he moved here being like, oh, yo hablo perfectamente inglés. Oh, I speak perfect English. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Come to London, you'll see. Anyway, so he didn't. And it was just, I couldn't be his teacher and his girlfriend. And so we made the decision to speak in Spanish. We sometimes text in English. But I just, I can't, we now speak in English if, when we're with our friends and when we're with but family. But they're two
1: separate roles and that's a lot of pressure to put on you as well of like yeah. to correct him constantly yeah. and to teach him.
0: Exactly. And I think, you know, language now in our lives, I know for example, mm-hmm. our wedding, we wanted our ceremony to have English french and spanish because it's who we are i know i had to take care of all the translating of everything yeah, no, i know thank you. <laughs> um but you know it's like you we, we watch television in english and french yeah and i'm happy to watch it in spanish but then well. i also
1: watch french tv online because i actually miss the things i watched growing up it's also nostalgia not just language but i think also we need to consciously make more of an effort with french because yeah. i do realize we do lose vocabulary well i've seen that when we've been working on a client's wedding in France and I have to speak to the suppliers in French, I I remember some really random words that I need for the wedding and it does help massively.
0: It's time for the bitch fire round. Right. It is now time for your beach fire question
1: I Um, like the French accent Charlotte uh, it
0: is especially for you Emily. thank you you're going to do the whole round with the accent oh my god yes (laughs) I will do the whole round in the accent that might
1: annoy the listeners a bit though
0: okay let's stop okay Um, (laughs) so you know the premise of this by now so are you ready oh god
1: pressure yes I am ready dog or cat dog Netflix or prime Netflix bath or shower bath ASOS or Zara? ASOS. Oh, forever. <laughs> you know what I get
0: delivered from the ASOS. The amount of fucking packages that come through. <laughs> ASOS, you should sponsor this lady. Yes, please.
1: <laughs> oh, I love you. And give me discounts. Thank <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> it's out there. Sweet or savoury? Sweet. No, obviously. Coffee or tea? Tea. Winter or summer? Winter. Yeah, I know, because you always get too hot. <laughs> City or countryside? Uh, countryside. Vintage or new? Vintage. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Whoop whoop. So thank you for coming on today my pleasure for once you're not behind the scenes and backstage i know
1: for once it feels very surreal all of a sudden
0: and do you have a social media handle that you would like people to follow you on
1: i just have my personal one (laughs) which is private and i screen who i accept fine so plug the podcast one then yes so it's at (laughs) (laughs) it's at bonjour bitch podcast so you can follow that one
0: There we go. And we'll be posting loads of new things every week about it. But thank you very much, Emily, for coming. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode. And please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches.